0: Hello, hello, and welcome back to Peace of Mind for part two of my full story. I am just going to skip the intro here and jump right into the episode right where I left off in part one. If you haven't listened to part one yet, I recommend you listen to that before this one because it kind of gives my backstory and where my disordered eating really originated in high school, and this episode is going to pick off pick up right where I got injured in my freshman year of college. So like I said, it was April 14th of 2020, and I felt excruciating pain in my foot on a run, and it later found out that it was a stress fracture in my navicular bone of my foot. So this was my first of many, many injuries. And to be honest, as soon as it happened... I knew exactly why. So I look back on this first injury and it was a really, really hard time because this was my wake up call and I knew it. I knew that this injury was directly correlated to under fueling so I knew that I had to make major changes after this injury and I actually needed this injury in order to just wake me up and realize that I had to take recovery really seriously and fully commit to getting better and changing my habits. So my recovery time from this injury was about three months and of no running and this was the time that I really made changes. Now I was lucky and I was at home at this point because this was during COVID and I would say that being home actually really helped me because I was put back in an environment where I could have full control and in choosing to commit to recovery I could do that within the comfort of my home and still be able to have some control over the food I was making and putting in my body. Now I don't know if this was a good thing because there are so many people who are struggling with an eating disorder and a huge trigger is that they're out of their environment of comfort and they have to find a way to recover in that environment that isn't that they are not in full control of. So I was lucky that I was able to go back to my own home and start recovering, but I know that that is not the case for a lot of people. And I just wanna emphasize the importance of pushing through that discomfort in whatever environment that you are in. So at this time, I was cross-training like an absolute crazy person. I thought that I had to supplement my running with so much more cross-training in order to maintain my fitness, if not gain fitness, while I was injured. What I know now is that I did not prioritize letting my injury heal and that there's a careful balance between cross-training to maintain a certain level of fitness while you're injured, but also allowing your body to rest enough and recover from your injury. So I just definitely did not give my body the proper amount of healing time, especially from this being my first injury and knowing exactly why I was injured. During this time, I found my old journal and I actually looked back and read it and I was still very much obsessed with my body image and that was a huge drive in my workout routine. I still wanted to maintain a lean runner's body while I was injured. So that was really a driving factor to how much I worked out because I wanted to keep that body. Another thing that I learned from this is that you have to let your body adapt to the training that you are doing while you're injured. Your body is going to look different and you're because you are doing different training and you have to continue to fuel it the exact same way if not more because you're trying to meet the demands of working out while you're injured to maintain some fitness but also giving your body extra in order to help it recover and heal from the injury. So although I was not fully aware of these body image issues at the time and how they were gonna continue to impact my future, I was aware that I had to fully commit to recovery and I was doing that. And I can look back and say that I was very proud of that time. I made a full commitment to getting over my food fears. And because I knew exactly what had caused this injury, I wanted to make a commitment to myself that I was not going to get another injury in my career due to underfueling. I started to view it as I would rather eat more than I think I need in order to be safe and know that I am well-fueled and well-energized than underfueled and put myself at risk for any sort of injury of this nature again. I did not want another stress fracture and I was starting to turn a corner and realize that I was willing to do anything not for that not to happen to me. So during this time, I want to emphasize that the most important thing that I did for myself during recovery was challenging my food fears. I realized that the only way out is through And there really is no way around that. You have to eat what you are afraid of and realize that there is no consequence. In fact, there is a gain because you are stronger now. You are more fueled. You are energized to go out there and perform the way that you want to perform. So I started to eat things like fresh loaves of bread, which were so calorically dense and delicious. And I started to challenge my fears of dessert and went out of my comfort zone in eating dessert here and there, getting ice cream with my friends, and just allowing myself to be freer. And it turned out I was so much happier this way. And I realized that it wasn't going to impact my performance. And I felt so much better about myself, about my life, and about my future in running because I just felt free. And I started eating much, much bigger portions. I was not afraid to go back for more. I ate snacks when I wasn't hungry. And I really just showed myself that more is better. So fast forward a little bit into July of that summer following my injury. I actually got my period back for the first time in as long as I could remember. I was so proud of myself because I really, really committed to this. And it was so rewarding because this is the number one indicator of your health as a woman. And it just made me feel like my body was speaking to me and saying, Great job, you are healthy, and I was doing the right thing. It just reinforced that I was giving my body exactly what it needed. So going into my sophomore year, I was ready to go. I was healthy. I had my period back and I was so happy. I was finally back running on the ground, but not fully when I entered preseason. I was still kind of modified running on the ground, half cross training, super low mileage. I was still in my buildup back from my injury, but I was so happy to be back. And I was ready to attack this year like nothing had ever happened. But then... As I got into my training, I was doing some workouts at this point, I was feeling super fit, I just hadn't raced yet, and my coach decided that I was ready to do a time trial, and I felt, I felt like I was too. Um, so it was about mid-October of my sophomore year, and I did a 4K time trial, and I was really, really happy with it until after, when I was cooling down, I felt this weird knot in my butt, and I had no idea what it was. It kind of felt like I pulled a muscle at first, and I kept rolling out this knot all night. It was bothering me and bothering me. It was still bothering me the next day, and long story short, I found out I had a stress fracture in my left sacrum. This news was some of the worst news I've ever received in my life um relative to that time it was just a horrible day I I can't explain the amount of emotions that day um I was almost numb at first when I received the news I just well I immediately started crying but I just didn't even feel that much and I kind of was just like okay Like, okay, there's nothing I can do here except accept that this has happened to me. But, oh my god, it was just so sad. I just, thinking back on that day was almost just traumatic because I was so hopeful that I had fixed everything and I really, 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 really thought that I had saved my body and that I was in such a better place. I just was so confident in myself. I was looking back at journals from that time and I was just so free from my food fears and I was really, I had overcome so much and I just was writing down that I was so confident in my body. I could go out to, to dinner and I could order what I wanted and it was fun. I could go out with my friends and, you know, not stress or plan food in advance. It was just I was in such a better place and I wanted to see all of that pay off so badly. So I think getting this injury was just like a slap in the face, like you are back to square one after all of that work you just did. I don't really want to go fully in depth about this, but After finding out about that injury, um, a couple hours later, I actually had my first panic attack in my whole life and it was terrifying, Um, like absolutely the most terrifying experience of my life and has forever changed my life and I've had a couple of panic attacks since but because that was my first one and I was in college and I had never experienced something even utterly similar to that I was so traumatized and I literally it ended in the emergency room because I was in a full panic state that I could not get out of it took me hours to get out of this state and I thought there was something severely wrong with me I thought I was going to die um and I was telling my parents that I was almost like hallucinating Um, It was terrifying, and it was definitely triggered by this injury, but not necessarily the injury itself. I think just the way that it shook my entire belief system that I was building. I was believing in myself so much, and I was so confident in the changes I had made and the way I was taking care of my body. And so to have this happen to me was just like, I, it just changed every, every single belief that I had in me. And it was like, it turned my life upside down. And I kind of just like every dream, every goal that I was setting out to achieve that year and running just like suddenly was not going to happen anymore. So And, you know, I had barely come back from my first injury, so there was definitely a fear of just like, holy shit, how is this going to impact me long term? Um, And I think it was also just a little bit of a reality check that my eating disorder was going to have lasting effects and that this was not the end of the journey for me. So, after this injury, I mean, this was really when my life felt like it was permanently changed. I was not the same person that I was freshman year anymore, and it was fully for the better, but I was also not the runner that I used to be. Throughout the rest of my sophomore year, I was still cross-training a ton and really hopeful that if i could just get through this year i would be able to have my junior and senior year and get back to where i was and hopefully exceed that and so i was still really hanging on to my goals as a runner i really thought that i could still achieve what i wanted to achieve um i'm re- i was really close to breaking barriers in the mile and the 3k going under 5 and going under 10 minutes so I was hanging on to those goals for sure throughout sophomore year but I had accepted that sophomore year I would just simply not get the chance to compete so that was really a huge year of growth for me and a lot a lot a lot of changes happened during this year. First is that once I realized that I was not going to be able to compete for the rest of this year, I committed to this year as being my mental growth year. I realized that if I can't do the work physically right now, I'm going to do the work mentally so that when I can't, when I come back and I can do the physical work, I will have an edge mentally on my competitors. And so this was really my mindset throughout sophomore year. I wanted to rewire the way that I viewed myself, and I worked really hard on that. And I was also continuing to work through my disordered eating because, you know, there's always work to be done. But when things really started to turn a corner for me was when I met my mentor, Elise Cranny. Um, we met on Voice and Sport, which is a platform for young girls and women in sport um, to be first to just connect over um, common difficulties and challenges as a woman in sport, but also to be mentored by professional athletes and also professional psychologists, dietitians. Um, It's a huge platform that's still growing and really changing the game for women in sport. Um, So Elise and I met on that platform and we became paired as a mentor mentee for three months and we were meeting every other week and this just really really solidified my journey and my belief in myself and my recovery from disordered eating i learned so so much from her and because she went through a lot of this similar things in her college experience so She was kind of someone who was out on the other end and was really proving to me that all the changes that I was making and all the time that I was taking to care for myself both physically and mentally throughout my injury and while my body was healing from both my past and also my, you know, current injury, that it was going to pay off and I was doing the right thing. So that was really just where I committed to just changing my life and turning my life around and making myself a better person and in turn would become a better athlete. So I am forever grateful for that relationship Um, and it was such a key part of my sophomore year and just developing into the person that I am today and the lessons that I've learned from my experiences. Um, And then after that, um, I started realizing that I didn't just want to sit here and do this for myself. I wanted other people to hear my story because I didn't want anyone else to go through what I went through and have to learn the lessons the hard way. I thought, why didn't I know these things before I started doing this to my body? Why was I not educated? And so I wanted to write something that could tell my story but also be educational and inspiring to people who might have been in the same shoes as me as a freshman or a senior in high school, just the place that I was in. So I ended up getting this published and it prompted me to want to write another letter to coaches in order to help them to realize how much power they have in the position as a coach coaching young female athletes and how influential they are and how much they could play a role in educating young athletes on the importance of fueling and getting your period and not normalizing not doing those things. So working on these little projects really just gave me so much purpose and so much fulfillment to be able to give back to the community that I love so much and that I have been so sad to you know, just have, my experience got completely changed. I didn't expect my career to go this way and, you know, as much as I value the experiences that I got to have and learn from and, you know, at times I say I wouldn't go back and change it because it's made me who I am and it's taught me so many valuable lessons and I kind of value adversity more than just a linear path but it's sad and I can't deny that because I'm kind of realizing at this point in my life as a senior that there's definitely some unresolved feelings of grief and sadness over my career that I have yet to work through. And so doing this stuff at this time in my journey was really helpful for me in just giving me purpose and allowing me to be fulfilled with my experience because I got to help others. So I'm going to do a little bit of a fast forward because throughout the spring of my sophomore year and also into the summer of going into my junior year, I was dealing with a pretty severe SI joint issue. So I was finally back from my sacral stress fracture and I really just could not come back from that without so many difficulties in my SI joint. And I really, to this day, have no idea what was wrong with my SI joint, but I went to months and months of physical therapy for it and really was making progress, but was barely running all spring and had a really difficult summer of training. I was doing a large mix of running and cross training, but honestly, a lot of cross training. So... This time kind of still sucked because I was not getting back to where I wanted to be and I was still hanging on to the vision of myself being able to come back and be this version of myself that I used to be but better. So once I came back into my junior year, entering the cross-country season, I would say I was semi-healthy. You know, I was definitely a new version of myself that was showing up. Um... And I kind of half ran, half cross-trained all summer. So my fitness was not quite there. But, you know, I was just happy to be there. And I was running on the ground a majority of the time as I entered the cross-country season junior year. So, I mean, I was happy with that. At that point, after how much I had gone through over the past year and a half, I I was like, I'll take this. Um, I did end up having difficulties with shin splints. Uh, I rolled my ankle and couldn't run for 10 days I that that's season, and I had some relapse SI joint issues that kind of screwed up my training a little bit, so pretty much I was having an inconsistent fall, but I was still able to get in a couple of races and was trying to just be grateful for that, but it was pretty messy, Um, and then I got to race one indoor race. It was a mile, And I ran a 5.23, which I wasn't that happy with, but ended up seeing as a really good race because it was on a flat track. I had no competition. I hadn't raced in at least a year and a half on the track. So I was pretty proud of that. Actually, it had been two years on the track since I'd been on the track. So, I mean, I was I was happy with it after I reflected Um, But basically, within a month of running that race, I found out that I had a stress fracture in my right femur, and that would have been my third stress fracture. So this was March of my junior year. So my season was done when I found this news out, and I had been running through this pain for at least a solid month, And it was really, really bad. We thought I just had some hip tendon type of issue that I was trying to run through the pain with. But here we are uh, with another stress fracture. And it was really, really emotionally and physically draining to run through that for a month. Uh, Obviously, I didn't know it was a stress fracture. But I was in so much pain on every run. Every time I stopped at a stoplight, it was excruciating to start running again. Um, So that was like a really tough time for me and honestly I had been through so much in the past year, so much inconsistency, so many of my expectations never met that that injury was somewhat of a relief. I was so upset but I also just felt like I was freed from a lot of pain that I was experiencing so I decided to prioritize for the rest of the year that th- healing from this injury was going to look different for me because I had gone through so many injuries at this point and I had attempted to recover and heal from them in the same type of way where I was cross-training a ton, supplementing all my mileage trying to keep up with all of that and I just decided if I've done that so many times and it hasn't worked for me, then repeating that would pretty much be the definition of insanity to try to do the same thing over and over again and have it never succeed. So I said I'm going to change the way that I recover from this injury. I'm going to do it my way. I'm not going to follow a training plan I will once I get closer to running and start having a comeback on the ground. But throughout the three months of recovering from the bone injury, I I made it my time. And I fully just accepted that I was taking a step back from running. I recognized that I fully needed to grieve over not just this injury, but my entire career. Because I was out for the rest of my junior year. Which meant I only had my senior year left, and God knows what was going to happen in that year. So honestly, throughout this time, I was contemplating ending my career because at that point I had been through so much, and I just kind of was starting to feel like that was the path I needed to take in order to be mentally okay. Um, so I did a lot of healing throughout the rest of that year. I kind of just focus on my happiness and enjoying that that year and all the things that I enjoyed outside of running and try to really dig deep and find my identity outside of running and in my social life and you know take using that time in a valuable way to grab coffee with someone at a time that I would have been spending hours at practice um start doing a fulfilling project for myself Um, go out of my way, and take the time to do something nice for somebody else, and I really thrived during this time, and I also attempted to just grieve over my career that was kind of feeling like it was lost at this point, so yeah, that was a tough spring, but also, again, a period of a lot of self-growth, and I am thankful for that. Because, you know, I wouldn't be the person that I am today without having that time for myself and understanding what that was like. So going into my senior year, the one promise that I made for myself was that I will do running if I am healthy and genuinely feeling happy doing it. And I knew that this was going to have to be a constant evaluation throughout coming back from my stress fracture in the summer of, one, am I healthy and how is my body doing? And two, is this making me happy? Am I genuinely happy to be training, to be out here, to be at preseason with my team, to be working towards this? I'm not working towards the same goals anymore, but... I didn't want to give up my senior year with my best friends on the team and all of the joys that were going to come with senior year. So I decided that if I was healthy and feeling happy, I was going to run my senior year. And I just felt like I still had a spark in me. I felt like it wasn't over and I didn't really want to close the book on my journey. That was a hard decision because it very easily could have been better for my mental health to potentially quit so you know I really don't know what the right answer is even to this day whether I should have walked away at that point or continued but I'm kind of going through a period of contemplating that right now but I'll get into that a little bit after so pretty much my senior year I've been the healthiest that I've ever been uh, this is where we currently are. I ran throughout the whole cross-country season, and for me, my cross-country season was a success because that season is not typically the season that I love and have the least experience with it, so I kind of used that as a season of growth, and it felt really good. I had a rough start, but was healthy throughout the entire thing and was honestly just grateful for that. And I was breaking a lot of mental barriers for myself, so that was a huge success. So here we are in the track season, and I kind of want to get into a couple things that I've been working through recently. So like I've mentioned throughout this episode, I have been revisiting my past and the impact that it has had on me in therapy recently. And my therapist called it lowercase t trauma which is trauma that impacts you on a physiological level. It actually changes your belief system. It rewires you to think in certain belief and thinking patterns. And it creates habit thinking based on your experiences. So it's not like a blunt trauma, like a car crash. That would, I guess, be uppercase D trauma. But it's the buildup of experiences over time that kind of shape who you are and can be pretty traumatic. So we've been digging deep into how my lowercase t traumas in running have impacted me to this day. And it is a lot. I have realized that basically my belief system in myself is that My body is broken. My body is not capable of doing this. I am out of control of so many things in my life because I've always had expectations for myself that have never been met because of uncontrollable factors related to my body. Even after committing to taking care of it My freshman year, that has never ever changed. I have been fully committed to treating my body with grace and, you know, giving it all the food that it needs and constantly prioritizing fueling. And it has still not served me in the way that I have expected it to. So, because I've never been the runner that I have seen myself becoming after recovery I really thought that things were gonna kind of become better and I was going to be a stronger better version of myself as an athlete and that never quite came to fruition because of just my history of injuries and kind of never getting out of that vicious hole that disordered eating puts you in you are at such an energy energy deficit that it takes years to stop getting stress fractures as a result of the way you mistreated your body. So, but all that being said, I do believe that I am a stronger, better version of myself. I am so much happier and I love my body in the context outside of running. <laughs> um, I can't say that I am 100% not impacted by the expectation of a lean body in the environment of running. It's just, results-wise, it's never shown that. And I've kind of felt like my story isn't complete like some others' stories are where they have recovered from their eating disorder and whatnot and have proven to people, based on results, which are black and white, that they're better. And to me, I can't really prove that to anybody. I mean, I can prove it through just explaining how it's been a journey that was extremely valuable to me and that I genuinely am a happier and better person because of it but results wise I can't show that on the track Um, so I think it's just really really hard for me to be in this position because I feel like I don't have a complete story but I've talked with a lot of people about this in my life and you know it's not about really having that on and especially on the timeline of being an NCAA athlete so you know my story may not be complete for years from now and you know I may utilize the strength that I've gained throughout this time in other ways. I can continue to run And train or you know I could channel that into something else so I just think my story is far from over and I just want to focus from here on out on writing a positive story for myself and you know not creating this negative one that just didn't go the way that I expected because you know I still believe that I have a beautiful story and you know I owe my body a lot of forgiveness because it's gone through so much and I've continued to be really harsh on it. And both my mind and my body have received a lot of harsh criticism from myself and high expectations. And, you know, that's constantly been repeated to myself because I've always expected so much out of myself. And so it's become a habit in my subconscious to just send messages that. To myself that i'm not good enough and that i need to keep working through this and that i need to get better and the way to reprogram that is with positive repetition you can't really change a habit i i think without replacing it and so i think i have these really negative thought patterns that have become habits to me like telling myself that Uh, my body is not good enough to do this sport at this level anymore because it hasn't proven that to me with external results. So I really think it's going to come to a point where I accept that and I forgive myself for, you know, being so hard on myself and creating these thought patterns, but then work to rewire them with more positive ones and kind of try to look forward from here because there's so much to come and it may not happen in my time as an NCAA college athlete but you know that's my story and I can't I can't really change anything about my past I can only move forward it's just been hard I don't know it's just been coming up a lot for me a lot of this past trauma and I kind of feel like I've developed this philosophy of just needing to push through everything. Um, Because I've been so hopeful of hanging on to the vision that I was going to be, I don't know, just this version of myself that I imagined as a runner after all of this. And I think I've been hanging on really, really tightly to that and have kind of come to a reality in my senior year track season that that version of myself is not going to happen as my time here in college. So it's been hard for me to grieve over that. It's been hard for me to let go of that. It's been hard for me to see the results that I'm producing because it doesn't feel like it's proving anything right. It just, I can't, I don't know. It doesn't feel like I'm proving my story to be successful like I don't even know I just think that a lot of past programming is impacting me currently and it's coming out in my races and it's been emotional because I kind of can't I have to let go of the runner that I used to be but also be excited about The potential that I have as just a person. You know I'm about to be done with this and there's so much to come. I have a beautiful capable body that is going to be able to do amazing things after this and running is just it's such a small thing in the big picture. So that's kind of my thoughts right now but I think the number one thing is really needing to let go of The vision that I had for myself and that feeling of not being able to achieve it and not letting it rewire my programming because it kind of just puts a, a fear and an anxiety in my life about being out of control and, you know, wanting something but not getting it. So yeah, I... I'm really working through this. This past five minutes or so of really diving into where I'm at right now is extremely raw. I'm still working through this. I still have a lot of mental work to do because I it's really been bubbling up recently, so I'm kind of just talking through it. But yeah, and the last thing that I wanted to touch on in this episode is just my eating disorder recovery reality and kind of where that piece of my life is at right now. I would say I have a very healthy relationship with food. I feel like I have food freedom. I can eat what I want to eat and I don't restrict myself but and I do a very good job at prioritizing fueling but I want to point out for people who are kind of farther along in this journey and have gotten through the hump of recovery but still find themselves struggling and still find themselves triggered at times i want to talk about that a little bit and how that is for me Um, my struggle definitely comes back and i'm going to be really transparent about that i go through periods where i really 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 struggle with my body image and You know, I really try to commit to not letting that change the way that I eat because it's just so important that the way you perceive your body does not impact the way you treat it because that's not fair. Your body is your body and it is capable of so much and you have to thank it for what it is able to do and you need to give it what it deserves and it always deserves to eat wonderful, delicious, nutritious food so when you don't give it that uh, because of a perception in the mirror, it's, it's sad, so I really try not to do that to myself, but it's really freaking hard, and it really comes back to bite me in the butt sometimes, because, you know, at there's times where I kind of know I don't eat enough in the day, and I can reflect on that, and it's just times that are to- that are hard it's like been a rough day and or I'm struggling with my body image and I just don't quite eat enough that night or that day sorry but one of the biggest signs that I haven't eat- eaten enough in a day is when I get extremely hungry at night and that is not a good feeling because as a pass as with a passive eating disorder you know that kind of triggers a little bit of like binge eating because, When you've been restricting all day and then it becomes the nighttime and you're starving, you want to eat every goddamn thing. And I don't think at all that I have any sort of binge eating problem, but I do know that I can recognize when I don't eat enough during the day because I'm so hungry at night. And it just makes me realize, okay, you know, that happened today and it's okay. But tomorrow I'm going to work on eating better throughout the day and getting in just more fuel and more calories during just like the primary part of my day. And then at night, you know, I always, always have a nighttime snack. I just need that before bed, no matter what. Even if I'm not really that hungry, I just love my nighttime snack. But it doesn't cause me to be ravenous at that time and want to eat everything in my cabinets. And it just makes me feel better about myself. So I'm just trying to go by what makes me feel good, what makes me feel happy, fueled, um, and in a good mental state. Um, Another trigger that kind of comes up sometimes is other people who are struggling. Um, When I'm in an environment where other people kind of trigger my past and I see my past in other people, it really impacts me because first it just makes me sad I just want to help that person or whatever because like it of how much it impacted me and kind of ruined my entire career but also it just kind of like makes me feel shitty about myself because of kind of what I was talking about before where like I feel like I don't have anything to tangibly show that my performance in life has gotten better. I don't know. I still don't even know if that's like the root issue, but it just kind of makes me almost like question myself and be like, well, fuck, like that's when I was fast at running. So, you know, I don't know. It doesn't make me think that I'm doing the wrong thing, but it just makes me feel bad about my career and myself. And I think that's just going to come with me needing to allow myself to grieve more over my lost kind of career um, and not letting, you know, other people project onto me and make me feel that way about myself. So I kind of just think that that's something I have to work through for sure. Um, But yeah, I'm just being honest. That's a trigger for me sometimes. And one of the final things that I want to say is that I do get this thing that I guess I would call like food insecurity where I'm so Worried because of my past experiences of not being able to eat enough because it has caused so many bad experiences for me. So it causes a lot of anxiety for me when I feel like I'm in a situation where I'm not going to have enough food. Like if I go out for the day and I have to pack food, I always have to overpack and I always have to have food security. I always have to know that I'm going to be able to get food somewhere. Um, I think I'm just afraid of being without food for too long because I'm so just conditioned by the negative impacts it's had on me to not eat enough. and just always wanting to know that I have enough because this has just become such a priority for me. And lastly, I just want to end by saying that, you know, if you do consider yourself recovered from disordered eating or a f- eating disorder it's okay to feel like you've kind of gone back. And it doesn't mean that you've gone backwards. It just kind of means that, you know, it's bubbling up again at times. And it's okay for that to happen. It does not mean that you have your eating disorder back. Um, But, you know, I kind of recognize that that's always going to be a part of me. And I hope to say that one day I am 100% free of body image and food issues but you know at the end of the day almost nobody is at that point um i think it's so common nowadays for somebody to have just body image issues or you know a slightly unhealthy relationship with food i'm not saying that that is good and should be normalized but just forgiving yourself for you know having a bad day but then just remembering to find your balance again but yeah wow, I that was a lot. Um, that dove into uh, kind of more than I even planned on. Um, and I feel like I'm going to listen back on this and feel like I forgot something. But, you know, that was really my story in full, full detail. And I'm so appreciative to every single person that takes their time to listen to this because it's just been a huge part of my life and a huge part of how I've developed as a person and I don't know, my athletic story means so much to me. Um, It's also caused a lot of craziness and emotions and trauma in my life um, that I'm kind of still working through, so, you know, maybe I'll come on and do another episode once I've worked through some more things on really how I'm trying to come out the other side, Um, but, you know, it's tough, but, I'm trying to be grateful for everything that I have learned and especially all of the people that I've met and connected with along the way. It's made everything 10 million times more fulfilling and valuable to me. Um, You know, connection and relationships are everything. So thank you again um, for listening to this episode. Please reach out if you have any comments or just want to talk. Um, or feel like you have gone through any of these similar feelings. I love, love talking this through with people. So yeah, well, thanks again for listening to Peace of Mind and I will see you next time.